We're back with our Thursday, though. It's kind of like a Friday edition of Big Blue Kickoff Feels Live simple. right here on Giants.com. He's Jeff Fiegels. I am John Schmelk. Your usual Friday crew back with you. And that rhymed. Uh, we have no <laughs> show tomorrow, by the way. Uh, it's one of our summer Fridays, which is wonderful. So we'll touch on that. Um, and uh, we'll kind of just get ready and continue to move forward here with our offseason stuff. Uh, just a heads up, next week we're starting our previews of the Giants' opponents this year. So next week you'll hear interviews previewing the Redskins, Eagles, Cowboys, and Jaguars. We'll still try to figure out exactly the order they'll come in, but uh, that kind of gives us some ability to prepare at least for the season, and that yeah. should be fun. And also for next Thursday, I know I promised this earlier in the offseason, so put it on your um, calendar. Jeff and I will be on next Thursday once again, and we'll be joined by uh, Pro Football Focus's um, – analytics guru so we're gonna go <laughs> deep diving hardcore and nerding out into oh, some man. analytics and how what it means how they get their numbers and what can they not account for so we're not going into this trying to attack the guy and say none of this matters but we're trying to learn to, to figure out exactly it. how they calculate it understand it and figure out exactly how universally some of these principles can be applied and if it makes what, sense and 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 what don't they know? Which is just as important of as, as what yeah. do you know? What can you calculate and what you can't calculate? So all that's coming up in the next week or so. Well, what's good about that is that when we see something from Pro Football Focus and after talking to this guy uh, for an hour probably, we're going to understand that how the number has how it's come up and what goes into giving this type of you know um, assessment. And I think it right. makes more sense of, of when we – because, my God, how many times have we – we reference pro football focus during the season. It's like every day, you know, so we want to know exactly where, go where goes the football. It's a fumble. Football hasn't been up there in a while, actually. Yeah, it's actually. It's back. Yeah, I mean. It's okay. Um, so the things that we're going to kind of focus on in an interview next week, and then I have a bunch of stuff to get to, to, to Jeff with today, but uh, when I'm done teasing, is, you know, importance of the running game. You know, everyone says basically – how the running game in today's NFL is antiquated, is not as important. We'll talk about that. Um, play action. I think it's coming back. We'll talk a little bit about you know how much difference is your success rate between like a, a third and five versus a third and eight. Is or, there a significant difference? Yes. Talk about going for it on fourth down. The new Vogas, you go for it more often. Two-point conversion stuff. Uh, all those types of things. You know, what positions have the most value, you know, what affects a pass game more, better cornerbacks or a better pass rush? Like, things like that. So if you folks, by the way, want to send me some tweets, you can. And I will uh, note your questions. And I'll, I'll send it again next week on Twitter as we get closer. But I want to try to get to some of the issues and the questions you guys have, too, as we move ahead as analytics become really a, a bigger part of football. Well, so we're trying to get to the bottom of it. And there's so, there's so many people that are coming up with these types of analytics. Yeah. You know, it's not just pro football focus. There's people that are that are coming up with new ones. I mean, which is kind of exciting in a sense, but it gets a little bit over the top in my mind. But we do have to understand how it all works and how it or how it relates to the game. And even things like turnovers. How random are they? Are they more a product of a good defensive play or a bad offensive play? It's like, you know, little things like that that I think analytics can kind of I tell you. I actually like those. I like those. It's more to me like, I guess from an evaluation process right. of, of a player, but from a statistical, like actually something that's happening in the game, turnovers, interceptions, fumbles, you know, things like that, those to me are intriguing. And also, I, I, I think that we're just coming from the old schools, how we used to be able to right. – to, rate and, and evaluate players, but now we have all this analytics to help us evaluate them even further, which can, I think at some point you, ha you have to kind of draw a line and say, I'm not going to go this far with this guy. 
Did he play well or he didn't play well, and that's about it? Like, for example, just to give you an right? example, I mean, one thing Pro Football Focus has found in their research, and this is one thing we'll talk about next week, is that the quality of a team's running game has no impact on the success rate of their play-action pass. Well, so a play-action be... <laughs> pass works just as well regardless of how game. well you run the ball. Yeah, because, of the because well, I mean, you have to... Which is counterintuitive. It's visually. But, but, right, well, but it is counterintuitive. You figure if you're playing, like last year, for example, and you, let's say you're playing the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. You figure you'd be much more concerned about them handing the ball to Zeke Elliott than you would be facing the Giants and then handing the ball to Orleans Darkwa. But according to what their numbers show with the variance, there's no difference in the impact of the running game on the effectiveness of play action. So those are the types of things we're going to get yeah. into next week. And, I I wonder, think is and, and, and I'm sure they have an answer to this. So like how, how play action correlates to the success on which down that you, it's used in, first, second, third down. All you know, that stuff. You know, right. it's just, I mean, the more you think about it, there's so oh, many yeah. questions that you could you – could, and you could even go into coaching. Sure. You know, like we talk about uh, what, going for an on fourth down, yeah, things like that, that kind of thing. You know, or uh, yeah, and we'll so. even talk about things like I don't Rain know if you time. folks have have heard of DVOA before. It's kind of one of those advanced metrics that measure the effectiveness of offenses and defenses. So um, all those things are things that we'll touch on over the course of next week. All right, some fun stuff for today. At the end of yesterday's show, Lance and I kind of uh, on a whim we got a call, uh, kind of combined and came up with some over under numbers for Eli Manning for the year. Okay. I want to see what you think of these and whether or not you would go over under on these, okay? Yeah. This is kind of just for yeah. fun. All right, All right, so this is the 2018 Eli Manning. Yes. Over, over or unders. under, completion percentage 62.5%. Under. Okay. I, that's a high number for any quarterback, 62%. So okay. I would say if it – No hesitation, by the way. <clears throat> no, what was it? What was a few years ago Eli's goal was – was it 70%? Well, that's what somebody threw out there, which was not smart. Because no he never way. was going to get to 70%. Yeah, there are not many people. Yeah, so I, I think that's a good number, but I don't think I don't think that Eli is that accurate anymore. And I just think that, you know, the drops, hopefully the, the wide receivers will catch the ball because that goes against his completion percentage. Okay. Total yards passing. Okay, so 4, I think we 4,050. Yeah, I know. I knew four thousand was the threshold. We had talked about you and I talked about this before. Yeah, over or under four thousand and fifty. You know what? I'm going to go under. I'm, excuse me. I'm going to go over on that number for a couple reasons. Yeah, sure. What do you got? Number one, I, I a healthy Odell Beckham on the field will give me some really big plays that will equate to some big yardage. And I also think that um, Saquon Barkley and Evan Greengram are going to have some big plays out of the passing game, which will put Shepard. And Shepard. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the 300-yard game nowadays is not what it used to be. Now that the new 300 is 400 now. It really is. I mean, you think about it. So, I think that By the way, 4,000 yards is the equivalent of 250 passing yards per, per game. Per week. Okay. So, and I also think the influence that, that, that Saquon Barkley is going to have and bring to the running game will set up some big plays for Eli down the field because – you know he likes to throw the long ball. You know he likes to go downfield with it. He's been hamstrung on that the last couple of years. I see some big plays. So maybe that, maybe he gets four or five of those 360-yard games, which puts him over them. I guess my follow-up question to you on that number would be this. In the past, both Pat Shermer and Mike Shula have been very dedicated to running the football a lot, at least in recent years. Do you think 
the simple increase in rushing attempts and decrease in passing attempts makes reaching that number more difficult despite the uptick in talent at skill position and on the offensive line. Well, I would say yes, it would it would it would make it more difficult because because of the would it make it impossible though? I no, not impossible. Okay. Not impossible. No. Um, because you know what, there are there's going to be some games that the Giants are going to be in that they're going to have to pass the football and they're going to have to be playing from behind. So I think that that's that will also, as we always call it, garbage time. Mm -hmm. But it's still going to be it still goes into the number. By the way, folks, we the phone lines are open. By the way, two zero one nine three nine four five one three. Get in anything you want to talk about. We'll take your call. Um, do you have the result? Did not results. Do you have your answers on there? What you and Lance went with? Um, no, we 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 just wanted to come up with oh, numbers. Oh, you came up that, with the questions. You exactly. haven't answered them yet. We actually did go through it a little bit. I have to go back and check. I don't remember. Um, touchdowns. Passing touchdowns. 24? Over under 28. 28, wow. Right, I'm going to go. Uh, <laughs> That's good. It's a good number. I, I, I got you thinking. I like this. What did, he, what did Eli have last year, 21? Yeah, but Somewhere that was a down it? year. Uh, and he's always been around 26 to, to 29 for the most part. I can bring up his career stats here. Well, I got to, and again, I, I've said this before, and I've looked back at, I'm going on, I'm going on Pat Shermer's offense. All right, real quick. 2016-26, 2015-35, 2014-30. 2013 was the terrible year. 18. Then the four years before that, 26, 29, 31, 27. I think you'll get some good production out of Saquon Barkley, out of the backfield, Evan Ingram, maybe a little bit of Red Ellison, um, throwing a little bit more in that red zone and getting some touchdowns. I love Ingram in the red zone. I think he's going to be a huge weapon. I, I think that, you know, you, I, I'll tell you what, I do too, and I also like the, the, the idea of having multiple targets in that red zone with Ingram and, and Barkley and Odell and 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 Shepard and all those, I mean, everybody down there. Just got to be able to protect the passer. And be able to run the football to set up some of that little short play action that we could get in the red zone. Didn't have that last year. I mean, more importantly, the offensive line has got to give Eli some time to, to work back there. And th when you're in the red zone, there's not a lot of field to work with. Obviously, you know that. And when you get in there, the, the, the little bit more time that you have that the offensive line will be able to give you will be able to help you survey the field as short as it is and find the open receiver. And I think that in the past that hasn't happened, and, and uh, you know they've sh shuffled out the field goal kicker, and you know we haven't talked a lot about that about the field goal kicker. He's got to have to have to come back and have a good camp and have a good year. And I'll and I'll touch on special teams with you in a second. Okay, two more numbers for you. All right, so we're at 28. 28 touchdowns over okay. under. I'm going over, over. Yeah, now, right. Yeah. Interceptions oh. over under 15. Well, if we're gonna go. If we're going to go back to what you said, will the running game hinder the 4,000-yard passing because of the, the the attempts? And you said no. And I said no. So, therefore, I've got to have to come, I have got to believe that there will be enough attempts, and I'm going to go over on the interceptions. What do you think? Like, say, I think he might be right on that mark. I think that's going to be – he's going to be yeah, – he's going to be somewhere half. between 14 and 16. Okay. You know so what I mean? 15 and a half, 14 and a half, somewhere in there? Yeah, I, I guess, something like that. I don't know. 
I mean, would you be close? Let me ask you a question. Would you be happy with that ratio two to one, basically? Yeah, I would be. Okay, then there you go. I think if you can get your ratio to two to one as a quarterback, I'm satisfied. Yeah. All right, final one. Well, Eli Manning well, it's be not sacked. ten interceptions or ten interceptions and five touchdowns. Well, well yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, Eli Manning will be sacked twenty-six times. <laughs> I have no idea what that one. Um, okay, I can go, give you that too. Hold on. Uh, Thirty-five last year. Last year he was sacked thirty-one times. All right. The so year before twenty-one, twenty-seven before that, and twenty-eight before that. Well, we do know that Eli doesn't like to get sacked, just like any other football player. And but he gets rid of the ball quick. And he gets rid of the ball. So I, I'm going to go under with that, with the with the uh, the improvement at the left tackle position, and hoping that you get some improvement or a lot of improvement, I should say, at that right tackle position. Um, and then with the addition of uh, the new guys in there. So yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go under that. I hope. I hope that's a good number to go under. <laughs> okay. Now. Topic two, and I was asked this question specifically by a fan yesterday, so and I told him I'd ask you when we were on the air today, so I'm going to ask you, why did you let the air out of Eli Manning's tires when you were with the New York Football Giants? I don't remember that. I have no idea. Oh, he, he seemed pretty sure that you had told that story. Did you let the air out of his tires? Of Eli's? Yeah. No, that wasn't me. That was that was somebody else. That was Keel. Ryan Keel did that, I think. Remember, I do not have a good... Memory. <laughs> <laughs> that has been well documented on this show, Schmelk. <laughs> uh, now listen, there, there's a lot of the pranks go along up there. I mean, and, and don't and let me just tell you something. For as much as you hear about everybody doing things to Eli or whatever, Eli did a lot of stuff and oh, still does. Yes, he is the ultimate prankster, and sometimes you got to get him back. And letting the air out of his tires probably was what happened. I don't remember it, but that's probably what happened. What's the, what's the funniest thing you, you did to Eli that you do remember? You know, I didn't do much to Eli. I really didn't. Um, the offensive linemen did a lot of stuff to Eli, like O'Hara and Soybert. Soybert was probably the biggest jokester around, him and Eli. Um, they, were, they were just, you know, just funny stuff, you know I mean? Uh, it, it, the classic it, was always what you you put the uh, you you put the uh, the hair dye in the gloves. Oh, you mean the well they they use the uh, yeah, what, the, what the, do they the, use for that? The money. It's that that stuff that when it uh, if it's it's dye that you use for. Um, oh no, I know what it is. It's yeah, for, it's for the money. You know when like there's it, that stuff breaks in the you know when there's it comes from. The stuff the banks use with yes, the criminals? Yes, it's that dye. Those things, that doesn't come off, though. No, it's <laughs> it's bad. It comes off, but it's, but it's and it's very it's activated by sweat. How, how'd they get that? Oh, there's they can get anything they want. <laughs> so okay, they, how about this? What was the worst thing ever done to you by somebody? To me? Yeah. Um, I think one time I came, this is when I was in Arizona, and I, I don't know why they did it to me, but I came into my room. And my room was completely turned upside down. Everything in the apartment was upside down. The beds, the lamps, the ch- everything was upside down. And now the, the funniest one I've ever seen. That's a good one. I, it was we had in Arizona. <laughs> Even the fridge? Er, not the fridge, no. Okay, I was going to say, if the fridge yeah. was upside down, Everything that, was upside impressive. down. Everything. I mean, the clock was upside down. Everything was upside down in the room. Just kind of funny. But I'll tell you one thing. The other one was really funny. Is that In Arizona, there was a guy by the name of... The Knot Man, K-N-O-T Man. Mm-hmm. 
And he would have he would go into the dorm rooms, particularly in the rookies, and take all of their clothes and tie them together in knots and make this long, long, like just rope. And, and you walk in and these <laughs> the, the clothes are in knots all the way going down the hallway into the next room. And it's all the rookies' clothes. And all the rookies' clothes. And, I mean, you know, sometimes when you're tying those, it's hard to get them out. No, it is, yeah. So that was well, – That's not really bad. Different. You know, it's just it's when, when you're up there, and, and really in the old days, when I say the old days, the first, like, 10, 12 years of my career, training camp was six, six and a half weeks long. So, you know, you, you had to do – get bored fast. You, yeah, right? you get bored fast. You have to do stupid <laughs> stuff like that. So now, now they can't do any of that because it's around here. But right. <laughs> you remember Jerry Palmieri? Yes. The strength coach. Mm-hmm. Jerry was the – the, at night, he would go and, and um, check the rooms and make sure everybody was tucked in mm-hmm. at 11 o'clock. And we used to we used to mess with Jerry really bad all the time. We used to put uh, things of water up on the doors because they had these like these little hinges. And right when the door would open, the water would fall on them. I mean, poor Jerry. I mean, and the, and the guy was relentless. To keep, we would think that he would not come into our room because something would happen. We would turn we would turn all the lights out. Undo all the light bulbs so you could not turn a light on, <laughs> and we would change the furniture so you would he would it to it. You, you would be uh. like, oh, ah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the next day you'd be oh, like, you guys, got to stop doing that kind of stuff. Like, oh, what are we talking about, Jerry? Just don't come and check our rooms. This is so funny. So a lot of good stuff. Oh uh, boy, that's funny. Okay, now there was a big Instagram post from you. Um, yes. Over the weekend, the lobster has been eaten. Yes. is my understanding. Yes, it was. I and I, I I tweeted it out to Charlie. We had it for Father's Day meal, believe it or not, uh, along with some other things. But it was absolutely amazing. Good stuff. Uh, made it with some little brioche rolls and um, homemade lobster roll. It was awesome. It was good stuff. Excellent. Oh my good. god! Yeah. Now fresh, fresh, perfect. fresh. Final final thing before we get to your calls. We got a couple guys on the line at two zero one nine three nine four five one three. And I mentioned this in my practice report. I think it was the first day of minicamp. I saw Jeff Fegels do one of the most amazing things I've ever seen anybody oh, do. So I'm uh, no, I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm standing on the sideline and the punters are going. All right. So I'm like talking to Fegels. I go, you know, what what do you think <laughs> of the punters? And he starts talking. He goes, you know what? I bet you I can guess their hang times. <laughs> and I go, all right, I mean, right. sure, I buy it. And he goes, G- give me a stopwatch. <laughs> so I give him a stopwatch, and he starts timing the hang times. But here's the trick. He would start and stop the stopwatch without looking at it. And then after the punt was caught, he would guess what the hang time of the punt was without looking at the clock, and he'd show the clock to me. Pretty much showed no, no, it wasn't a guess. It was a This much. guy was literally within <laughs> three, three tenths of a second on every single punt. He knocked one to the hundredth of the second, and he had two others to within one or two hundredths of the second. Part on. Like, you need to set up a booth at the State <laughs> Fair, <laughs> it's right which over is here. in the parking yeah. lot. I think it's opening this week, actually. Wait. This weekend. You need to set up a booth. It was one of the most amazing. <laughs> He's like, 489. And it was a 489. And he did it every single time within literally every... Seven or eight punts were all within two or three when tenths of a seen, second, some within hundreds. When you've seen thousands and thousands, you could probably do the same thing with any of this stuff in here, John. Ah, when dude, you that, work with it constantly and you just see it up in the air. Good. And I would tell my kids all the time when we would go out punting with them when they were all, you know, 
point join high school. Or and by the way, that 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 is a big fegal. You know, you're like, ah, let's go to Great Adventure. He goes, let's go punting, kids. <laughs> no. and everybody just goes punting. Yeah. Well, let's go punting, kids, because basically you're gonna go punting, kids, because you're gonna go to college and have it paid for. And you're gonna so get a scholarship. You are for going punting to go kids. punting yeah. now. <laughs> get up. <laughs> but uh, I just I would tell the kids, I'm like, don't bring a stopwatch. Like, Dad, we need to have clock things. I'm like, we don't need a stopwatch. Trust me, I, I can tell you what it is. Okay, you're either gonna like it or you're not. Okay, oh, and it, and it needs to be over. Has to have something that starts with the four. I don't need three something. I need four something. So, yeah, it's good. It's a fun. And we and we would just those are kind of the things we would do in camp too to, to amuse ourselves out of practice. And we the would, best part, we would guess guess the hang time. Like our scouts and personnel people started paying attention to you. <laughs> I know. And everyone was like, "Did he get that one? Did he get that one?" Yeah, and they're all excited about it. It was it great. Was fun. Yeah, it's good. Time. Now, finally, what did you think of the special teams? What we saw in the spring with the punters and the kickers. Well, I I think that. You know, to be fair about the kicking and punting, it is is it is early. The guys have, um, you know, when they come out of the season, they stop kicking. You really do. You don't start picking up a football and start kicking until around May anyways. So early on, I saw a little bit of inconsistency. But as the, the final mini camp came around, um, I saw Riley Dixon very consistent at the la one practice that I saw that we were guessing the, the, uh, the hang times. And then the two kickers, I think, is going to be a really good battle. I think they're two young guys. Obviously, Aldrich being here last year, but the other guy, I, I can't um, hit uh, Cone or Con. What's his KO? Cone, Cone. Cone. Yeah, I think it's Cone. They are going to have a nice competition. Uh, I don't believe, and this is my opinion, and I don't know anything other than this that they'll that they'll bring another veteran in here. I think these two guys are going to battle it out. But I did see a good competition. I see they're both qualified to to kick in the NFL, and I think the punting position is going to be. You know, one of these things where I think Riley Dixon, it's his job to lose, but a lot like Brad Wing's job to lose. He's got a nice leg, Riley Dixon. He does. Man. He Oof. does. He's very he's he's very inconsistent up to this point. And then I think the big thing on him at, at Denver was his inconsistency. So that's what he has to learn to get uh, to get better. Good hang time, though. But I, I you're right. <laughs> From punt to punt, there's a lot of variance, which I think you're not looking and for. And the day that we were out there screwing around with the clock, that was his best day punting. It I was, mean, he yeah. was hitting in those he four eights in the five fives. seconds. Yeah. Now, no, for the for the people that don't know, a good punt in a game. Okay, you can you can hit four point five, four seven in practice, you know, and that's okay. In a game, a four point five, a four seven is a really good kick in a game. Is that because of the ball difference? The balls are, you okay. know, and the, the game is a little bit faster and mm -hmm. things just now. You hit a five-second kick, and I've seen him in the game. That's a heck of a kick. You hit a five-second punt in practice. That's still a heck of a kick, um, but you don't get them as often. But guys now are so much bigger and stronger, and they're also they're being taught early, and they're going to these camps and stuff. So they are getting better. The position is getting better, and so if you ever see, uh, sometimes Fox used to do it. Do you remember they used to do that on TV? They the used hang to, time. The hang time yeah. for the punts. They did. They took it away. Why wouldn't they use the K balls in practice like they, the same way they do in the game? Because there's just too many, like, you know, they just, you know, there's too many, like, you can't just have a new ball every day at practice. Okay, I got you. But they try to, they, they do try to, um, you know, put Blow them up all the way. Every, like every other thing. week you would have new footballs because there is a big difference. There's a big difference. Um, just like in baseball, how they rub the baseballs with mud. Yeah. There's a big difference between a brand new baseball right out of a box and one that's been for the pin sock and mud down there. Now, the other thing you pointed out to me that I thought was really interesting was you were timing the drop. From when he Hand catches the, the ball to yeah. when he drops it to when the ball hits the foot. Explain how yeah. you time that and why it's important. Well, here's the important. So you know how punts get blocked because the punter sometimes takes too long to kick it. So a good rule of thumb is in 
a long snapper like Zach Diossi, um, anybody in the NFL for that matter, by the time they snap the ball 15 yards and the punter catches it, it's usually under a second. 0. 0.75, 0. 0.80. Mm-hmm. So do the math. So by the time the punter catches it, he should be able to catch it and kick it within 1.25 seconds. So you want to get the ball off under t- about around two seconds. Right around two seconds. Okay. So 1,001, 1,002, gone. That's that's the number. From the point of the snap. Two seconds. Now, that's fast. a field goal a field goal is anything between 1.25 and 1.40. From snap to kick. Wow, that's fast. People don't realize how like take a stopwatch one day and just go one thousand one. That's the kick. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> you know, and so it doesn't seem that way on TV, but when you're practicing it over and over and over, it's not, it doesn't it, it's enough time. But you know, those guys are only eight yards away on a field goal. Yeah. So you really have to be able to lift it and kick it and, and get off in time. All right, we will play. Did you play with Jeff Fields later on? Of course on we in the did. Show yes. We'll uh, but play for that. now, let's get yeah. to the phones at two zero one nine three nine four five one three. Marco game. in Connecticut will lead us off. Hey Marco, how are you? Marco. Hey guys, how are you? Doing well. Good afternoon, sir. How are you? Good, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, before I jump into my Giants talk, I just want to say, uh, John, and to any of the listeners, John, you have become one of my favorite NBA Knicks. How are you putting your hands on Twitter? <laughs> I no, appreciate and, that. And Thank the, you. And, I, a, and it's a di- it's a different smell than we're used to here, which I like. It's like your alter ego that really you got a lot of bite on you about the Knicks. Well, Marco, but, here's the thing. The Giants have me here to be a reporter. I report on the team. I give information. No, I'm serious. Yeah. And FAN has me cover the Knicks as a blogger, and they want they give me my job to give an opinion and to be editorial on things. So the the two jobs I'm being asked to do are, are different. very very different. Yeah. You, John, I feel like I've you know I've been listening for so long. I feel like I've grown up with you. So this is fun. It's fun to see you in both uh, both venues. Let's put it that way. So you you do a great job, though. I appreciate that. Thank you. (laughs) You're making me blush. (laughs) So 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 when they when they make their pick tonight, I will be thinking of you. Let's just say that. All right, fair enough. uh, Okay, I appreciate Um, it. Hopefully, they pick one of the bridges. Yeah, I I, I've gotten that from you. Yes. (laughs) Is there two of them? Um, Not Mobamba. Okay. uh, So the. Uh, the special team stuff, you guys kind of um, – that's what I was calling about. I wanted to ask about some of the special teams, you guys. But uh, with uh, Dixon, Jeff, yep. was what, the Broncos brought in the, the punter from Oakland. He yeah. got cut. And then was it merely just uh, King is an upgrade over Dixon? Yes. But what happened, what happened with Dixon in Denver? Well, I think he was inconsistent. And I think that Rodney uh, – not Rodney King. Um, Marquette. Marquette King Marquette. is definitely an upgrade. I mean, he's a bomber, and I think you get into that altitude, he really can flip the field. Um, and so that's what happened there. And so the Giants saw an opportunity for a young guy um, who's been in the league and just needs to get better consistency, and they gave up a, a conditional seventh-round draft pick for him. So, you know, if he makes a team, great. If he doesn't, it's no risk. So I think that that's what you'll see. You'll have a good competition between the two guys that are here. But his, okay. consist- his inconsistency has got to become better. He's got to get more consistent. Okay. Well, I'll be looking for that because I think special teams is an area where uh, we're not talking about enough that it, it's a little 
a little scary, maybe just because it's very unknown right now. But yeah. the one thing, the one thing I feel good about is that there's competition there on both with uh, the kicking and the punting. So, sure, sure. And I will tell you, you know, we've said this before on the, on air that Dave Gettleman is a big special teams guy. So he's not only just a kicker and a punter. He's a guy that's going to go out and get players to play special teams. And he did, by the way, Michael Thomas, uh, Teddy Williams. Yeah, and William Gay. Yeah, William Gay. I mean, there's some veteran guys that can play a good, good core special teams guy. Cody Latimer even played Latimer. That's what I meant. That's who was that. Yeah, yeah. And you got Herzlick, you know. that. So, I mean, yeah. Listen, that special teams group last year was just as bad as the rest of the team. I mean, it was horrible. Horrible. Uh, it's going to have to improve. Uh, I, I'm going to ask you guys a question. I asked this to Paul. Whoop. Uh-oh, Marco going once. Marco going twice. Uh, Let's see if his phone kicks back in. Marco, you can call us back and ask that final question if you like. But we lost you. I think he really, he was thinking back to when he talked to Paul Lentz, and maybe it gave him a little bit of like post-traumatic stress or North, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't blame him. He turned his phone off. Yeah. Let's go to Adam in New Jersey. He's up next. Hey, Adam. How are you, buddy? You're on line number Adam? one. Adam? Hey, Jeff. Hi. Hi. How you guys doing? Good. What's up? Jeff, thanks for uh, the Super Bowl 42. It was pretty memorable. Uh, You're welcome. That you are absolutely welcome. My but, uh, man. That game was all about the punting, no doubt. No question. <laughs> I want to talk about two guys, uh, specifically one on defense and one on offense. First on offense, Eli Manning. I know you guys are playing an over and under with him, so I have some numbers that I think that he will produce this year. All right. uh, I think he's going to have 4,350 yards. Right. I think he'll have 30, 30 touchdowns and 15 interceptions, and I think he'll be below uh, the 26 sack uh, number that you guys put out. Okay. Okay. I think that's fair. Yeah, I, those, those are, are those are very re- attainable numbers. I mean, especially I think the, the forty three hundred might be a little bit high, but I think the other numbers are, are right in the neighborhood. I will tell you this: that if he if he does reach forty three hundred, the Giants are in good shape. They're in really good shape. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, the only reason I'm I'm saying those numbers is because I think Saquon Barkley will help extend drives on the little dump offs. Sure, That's a good so point. I I think with the offense, they're they're going to spread it around, obviously. But last year, the problem was, you know, once we had no receivers. You know, we had to run the football, and obviously we had lack of talent on the outside. So this year, I think, with a better offensive line, he's going to have a, a, numbers that we saw in 2015 and 2016, but I don't think it's going to be the same way. I think it's going to be more on dump-offs and, and tight end screens and things like that. So that's why I think he's going to get those numbers. As for OZ, my question is to you guys is, do you think he's going to be the team sack leader over under uh, 11 sacks? And also, how do you think this defense – is going to um, enhance his his pass rushing skills like he had in Miami. He played a three four there. Looked like he was more of a stand up guy there. Do you think this defense fits his skill set better? And I'll uh, take it off the air. Thanks. So Thank much. you, Adam. I appreciate it. Always good to hear from you, pal. Um, well, I, I got to believe that this defense fits him because down in, in Miami he played a three four and did yeah, very well. He did. But I have to. I, if you go back and look at James Betcher's defense, there really has not. We we said this the other day. Has not been a player that come out of that system that has done well sacking well, the quarterback. There is Chandler, oh, there's Jones, Chandler Jones. But there's, there's no second guy. There's no second guy. That's Excuse good. Me. You're but right. Chandler Absolutely. Jones has been the back. star. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I talked to James Betcher. We're going to add the interview at the end of uh, the month of uh, July, right before camp starts. And I asked him, and this I purposely asked him this question because we actually had this conversation last week. I went, you know, Coach, a lot of people talk about your scheme generating sacks and pressure, right? Right, right. Can you go 16 games and rely on your scheme to generate pressure? He goes, no, absolutely not. What the scheme is designed to do is not to 
create, you know, free rushers. Yeah, it'll happen every once in a while, but you're not going to get that all the time. The whole point is to bring enough guys where you force the offense to block your best players one-on-one. Okay. And then it's the job of your best players to win those one-on-one matchups. But he said if you want to be a team that generates a consistent pass rush, your guys have to win one-on-one. So um, I don't think it's a matter of the scheme giving Verdon easy opportunities, but I think the scheme will do a good job getting him one-on-one opportunities. Which he has to win. Which he has to win. And I think 11 is a good number. I'm going to go under 11. I but if you would have given me 10, I would go over. So you like 10 and a half? I think he's going to be right in that 10 to 11 area. Okay. Because I, th- I think 12 might be asking a little bit much, but I think 10 or 11 is very, very reasonable. That's how I look at it. How about you? I, I'm going to go under. I, I, I think I, I'm going to even go under the 10. Okay. Yeah. I really. I, Why is that? I, I just don't. I don't know. I just. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I just said that. <laughs> you think he's going to get hurt, I, I, you think? I don't think he's a player he used to be. I really don't. I'm not to say that he's not a good player anymore. I just haven't seen enough out of him in the last two years to to, to convince me that he can go from what he's done in the, in the last two years here to up to 12 sacks or something That's fine. like that. Nothing wrong with that. No. So it's okay. I hope he he's gets 10 He's only gone double-digit sacks once in his career. It's yeah. not like you're, you know, so, losing your mind. Yeah, here. and and I like I said it's not a knock on him. I just I just think it's 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 a lot for him. It's a numbers high for him. If I, it would be like asking me to average 46 yards a punt when it's you know, I've only done it maybe no times. What if I put it at 9? I would give you 9. You would go over 9. I would go over 9. So I'm like okay. in there I'm like 9 and a half where you're 10 and a half. So you're like 9 to 10, I'm like 10 to 11. Correct. So we kind of have like a little two And maybe that one there. extra in there will be like that touch that Yeah, who knows? Yeah, yeah, look, and guys, here's the thing. I know people don't like to hear this and I say it all this time and I'm sure people get annoyed by it and I say about interceptions all the time. But sometimes getting sacks is lucky too. No, absolutely. You know, on a certain play where the quarterback happens to hold the ball out or rolls out right into you, and all well, these how other about things, the tap you get sack. these gifts. Yeah, all these things. The tap sack is the one that's like they run when the quarterback's on the ground. They run and to, to touch them and they get a sack. Or maybe the you get lucky because the opposing offensive line has a miscommunication. They don't block you. It's like all these stupid little things that you don't control, which is why I think when you know Pro Football Focus likes to use pressure um, when they determine. Uh, who because the best that, pass rushers are because it's a more consistent metric year to year based on how good the player is. Yeah, and I and, and I want to ask the guy next or Thursday next week, you know what what is it? And you say okay, if they do this statistic on pressure, at what point in time does the does the statistic? How do you how do you measure it? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like like do you have to be two feet from the quarterback and that's a pressure or is it he throws it and he touches the guy? You know these are the things that I'd like to know is how they equate to what is. What is determined as a pressure? That's a great question. Absolutely. Look forward to talking about it. That's, All right. That's why again, we're going to talk Thursday, about it. Thursday, we're going to have that deep dive on analytics with our boys over at Pro Football Focus. Let's go to uh, Jason up in Maine. He's up next. Hey, Jason, how are you? Hey, good. How about you guys? Great. What's up, Jason? Not too much. Jason. Hey, uh, just got a question for you, Jeff. Sure. Um, Thursday night football, hey, how man. hard is it? <laughs> I, I'm, always, I'm usually concerned when, when the when – the, G-men play on the road on a Thursday night because I just uh, how much do do the players get up for this game? Is, is it hard for them to get up for a game like that where yes. they have yeah like what, what is that like for them? I don't on think the anybody as opposed I don't to think anybody home? gets up for the Thursday night games. The only advantage to the Thursday night game is you get ten days till your next game. Is there a big difference between home and road? Um, not a big difference. Obviously, the travel 
is because it's a Thursday night game and you're getting home very late on Friday. But how about going into the game? The the the, the less time to rest because you have to travel on that Wednesday rather than there, being at there home. There is a there is a big diff. There is an advantage of being home because you do not have to get on a plane and leave. Right. Um, but there, the, you know, for both teams, the disadvantage is coming off of a Sunday game and going into a Thursday. There's no recovery, especially if you're a, if you're an older team. You know, your quarterbacks, your running backs, some of the older guys. I mean, they they may not practice all week because of the of the short time. But the good part about it is you get the ten days after. But nobody likes playing them. I can tell you that. I, I could do without them. I really could. I don't like Thursday night games, anyways. Yeah, that was my next question. Do you guys think they should keep it, or do you think they should uh, keep it Sunday to Sunday or Monday? Well, Jason, let me put it this way. Did <laughs> did you see the, yeah, the deal money, the, money the that, NFL <laughs> just signed with Fox to broadcast Thursday night football? Yeah. I heard about that. It yeah. ain't going anywhere if they're getting checks like that to do Thursday night football. Yeah, and Apple w- or somebody paid or Amazon, but they pay. For- here's what I don't get, yeah. and, and this is what bothers me. Why Thursday night? Why wouldn't you make it Tuesday night football? Why wouldn't you make it Friday night football? Can't do Friday. I know you can't do Friday because of the high schools. Then make it. I don't know. You can't do Saturday because of the college. To me, thir- Wednesday and Thursday are the like, well, the worst days. They're right in the middle of the damn week, and it, it only gives you like you know two days or, or three days to get ready. I just feel like it would be much much better if the that extra night of football, which you know might be overkill at some point, might be too <laughs> much. We'll we'll see how the fans continue to react to it and what happens with the uh, collective bargain agreement in what 2021, I think it is. Um, but. I, I don't know. Why, why Thursday? Why Thursday? I think it all started with the, the game was so popular that people couldn't yeah. wait until Sunday again. I you guess. know, and they, they had the Sunday and Monday, and then you're done. Oh, my God, we got to wait till Sunday. Well, hey, how about we throw a game in on Thursday night? Yeah. You know, and then, <laughs> and then it, you know, you got people that are going to pay for it. Then let's do it. I would love to get back to the day when the Monday night football game was the big game of the week and not the Sunday night And game. it used to be. Because I, I get the Sunday night, and look, no one loves the NFL more than I do. And, you know, you're kind of just like, I'm tired. I've watched football all day. <laughs> the game's on till like, midnight. You know, it's ugh. hard. You know, Monday night, though, you get a full day without a game. You can rev yourself up for that one game the whole day. It's like an event. Old school Monday Night Football, and that was the big game of the week. Used to be so much fun. But you know, when you I think just about, don't get, it's not as exciting to me when it's on Sunday because night because you can tape it or you can f- see it the next day. And I mean, back in the day, you didn't have the, you know, you didn't have any of that stuff. You had to watch it. Yeah. So you went out and did it, and I, I think that you know what makes sense to me, um, Jason, and to answer your question about Thursday Night Football, is that if they, if the league could somehow guarantee that a team coming off of the Thursday night game or going into the Thursday night, it just has enough rest, you know, that you're not on the road on a Thursday night, you know, on a Sunday game, and then go on the road for a Thursday night game. That's just ludicrous, especially if you're on a Sunday night game. I think there was – I think it was – it might have been Green Bay last year that played a Sunday night football game, you know, a 9 o'clock, 8.30, whatever it was, and then had a Thursday night game. Now, that's not – that's not cool. Because you know that's the you think about what time you're getting home, regardless if it's home or away. It's after midnight, anyways. Right. And then you're going to turn around and and you have to travel to go to a Thursday night game, which means you're leaving on Wednesday. Yeah, that's no good. You can't do that. There has to be some talk about that. So, but Thursday night football, to answer your question, is not going away as long as Fox owns it. (laughs) One more question for you. Yeah. 
Um, I'm just wondering, in your guys' opinion, I know it's kind of early, but just for now, just just uh, for sake of conversation, do you guys feel the uh, the running game this year will average uh, at least 100 yards per game? And, and I'll take it off the air from there. Thanks, guys. 100 yards per game is a lot. Um, let me see. Hold on. Let me take a look at how many um, now, rushing I, yards I, I per think game rather than go, let me, let me, I, I, I'm going to give you an opportunity. I don't know. Did Jason leave? I think um, he's gone, yes. Here, here would be my answer to that. And I wouldn't judge it on the amount of yards per game. I would be more impressed if you could, if we could get attempts in there, okay? Like, does that make sense to you? What I'm trying to say, like, rather than have put so much emphasis on will so they get 100 yards? You're concerned with yards per carry more than or you yards. Are total per, I am yards. more yards per carry exactly than I am for yards per game. All right, last year, how many rushing yards per game do you think the Giants averaged, Jeff? What do you think as a team now? 81. Believe it or not, 96.8. So uh, they will be over 100 yards per before. game this year. Um, but again, a lot of that comes from all of Eli Manning's running and scrambling from the quarterback position. <laughs> what he had. He scored a touchdown last year. I know he did. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, but that's yeah, definitely going over 100. Yeah, with people don't realize how much when you have multiple running backs it actually adds up at the end of the day. Um, do I think Saquon Barkley will average 100 yards per game? No, I think that's probably a little bit high. What, what but was, as a team, I think they will. What was it, was, is there a team yards per carry, or is it just going as an individual? Yeah, for, I got team yards per carry. Were, were we, were, we're not over four. Uh, 3.9 last year. Wow. Which is wow. actually better than I thought it was, to yeah. be honest with you. Yeah. I was um, thinking we were probably, like, I know we were one, in two, threes. three, four, five, six. Eight teams are worse. I think the Giants were ninth worst. So who who was who led it? Uh, the Arizona? Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, Jags, and they were at what? Uh, yards per game, 141. And yards per carry, were they at five? Um, no, for just 4.3. The two teams with the highest yards per carry, believe it or not. Take a guess. Who do you think the two teams with the highest yards per carry were? Um, Rams, one of them. Um, no, the Rams were 4.3, much like Jacksonville. Um, oh, oh, New Orleans. 4.7, that's one, and one other team was also 4.7. Atlanta? No, Atlanta was 4.3 as well. It's a team you wouldn't think of off the bat. AFC team. An AFC team? AFC team, yeah. Steelers? No. Not the Pittsburgh Steelers. Cincinnati? Where are the Steelers? No, not the Bengals. Well, I mean, that's where I wouldn't think of. That's right. Steelers are all the way down at 3.8, believe it or not, and the Bengals were at 3.6. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll even give you the comment. They were, how about this? They were a playoff team. Um, well, trying to remember that. It's, where do you say Jacksonville? New England? 4.2. Mm. You're two. running out of playoff teams, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember who the playoffs teams were. Okay, last year. AFC West. <laughs> AFC West. Um, let's see. Go AFC. You, oh, no. you get one more guess, and then I'm no, gonna I, just, just stop. forget about it. The Chiefs. Chiefs. The Chiefs. Okay. Oh yeah. So well, they, they were also at. 4. They led 7. the league in rushing, didn't they? Um, yards per carry. Rushing, no. Uh, the top five yards per game. Uh, Jaguars 141. Cowboys 136. Eagles 132. Panthers 131. Saints 129. Then the Bills sl slipped in there, 126 with LaShawn McCoy, believe it or not. And I think Tyrod probably helped that number, too. You know, if you go bit. back and what you just said, you look at the Cowboys and the Eagles. Vikings 7, by the way. Rams okay. 8, Chiefs 9, Pats 10. All right, so even with the Eagles and the, and, the, and the Cowboys, with those two numbers from last year, and if you get the Giants running game going. And both were 4.5 yards per carry, Eagles and Cowboys. You take those three teams out of the four teams in the, in the NFC East, those are becoming a 
And remember... That's becoming the old NFC East. The Redskins also picked who people think oh, was hello. the second best running back in the draft and Darius Geis. And yes. they have a pretty good offensive line, too. So it could be a old-school black-and-blue type division. Let's go back to the calls and go to Charlie in Portland, Maine. Since Lance isn't on, I'm going to run the open. I okay, a good. feeling about this. Hallelujah. Losing his mind. <laughs> Mr. Illness. He wasn't right in the hat. Enough jokes. I am happy. You're a madman. And so Lance is like filing an official protest, Jeff. He doesn't want this thing played anymore. <laughs> I know, he hates it. I'm, I'm not sure if he's he jealous. He said to me the other day when we were on and Charlie called, and he goes, I'm not going to play the Open, but I'll go to Charlie. Hello, Charlie. His quote <laughs> is that every caller should have an Open, not just oh, one. Oh, sure. Hey, you know what? We could do that if you want to make your own Open, and, send it to And us. by the way, no, don't, don't do that. <laughs> and, and and my point, by the way, is, is it's not like the Open is over, is like very complimentary of Charlie. It's not like no. it's placing. I thought it was. Eh. What happened? Well, that's it's a little column A, a little column B. You haven't heard the other part of it. <laughs> hey, Lance just has opening envy. That's all. Nah. He just wants his own, you know, his own opening. Well, he gets to open every big blue show that he hosts. So what the heck? <laughs> what are you I doing, know. Charlie? Do you thank you? For, you got my you got my post. The, yeah, the lobster was ridiculous. And, thank yeah, you so it much. Like you had a great time. We did. It I'm was glad good. you guys enjoyed it. We did. Thank you. Nothing like sweet lobster from Maine, right? Oh, yeah, it was really, really good. I would have loved to try it, but I guess that wasn't in the no, cards. No, you did not with, not, with, uh, <laughs> not with my family at home. There was nothing left. Hey, me. John, John, I'll hook you up. Don't worry, I'll hook you up. Charlie, don't worry about it. I'm just joking. I'm I, I'm honestly not even a huge lobster guy. I would have obviously had some. I like lobster. I don't love it. Dave, so our I'm, producer I'm happy, wants some. I'm he happy loves Jeff lobster. was able to yeah. to, 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 to Maybe enjoy. send 100 one-pound lobsters. I'm going to send Lance a little time. shrimp. You got some applause from our producer on that one, Charlie. That was pretty good. Oh, man. Hey, what I'm, I'm thinking about, like, <laughs> the, like, the, like the Thursday night uh, football, I think we should have two games on Monday night. Why don't we just do two games on Monday night, get rid of Thursday night, let the other station, you know, carry that game. You could have one starting at 7, one starting at whatever, or one starting a little early, one on the West Coast. We do that. They um, do that now. What do they do that on, Sunday night? They do that. They no, do a- I'm, don't, don't we should do that, though, on, like, Monday night and have two games. Well, that way well, you can eliminate Thursday. What time would you start the first game? What time would you start the second game? Well, I think we'd have to start the first game at least, Seven o'clock, maybe six. I think you'd have to go and, six, to be honest with uh, you. Okay. Yeah, and then the next game you start around nine. So then you get two games in, and everyone's happy, and you don't have to do the Thursday night anymore. Yeah, it's a lot of football for a weeknight when somebody's going to work the next day. I see where you're coming from. I would still love Friday or Saturday if they could figure <laughs> that out with 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 high school no, Saturday, and college. Forget about it. I think that'd be perfect. Saturday, you wouldn't. The NFL would not be watched. So on how Saturday. about Friday night? Why can't we get a Friday night? I mean, game Friday night might, might be okay. I mean, what's the new football league? I think I'm actually. Is there a law against not playing the NFL games on Friday night? There might be some type of weird law or something like that. I don't know if it's a law. Maybe I don't it's know. Just a custom. No, it can't be a law. A law? Uh, they have a lot of no. stupid laws out there, Charlie. You never, never be surprised <laughs> at the number of stupid laws that are on the books. Or you know. Oh, man. So, I'm hey, I'm working on an opening for Lance. I, I just want to give you the start of it. <laughs> Go ahead. I can't hear it. 
Well, Charlie, what song was that? Like it was, it was hard for us to hear it. What was that? It sounds like Laverne and Shirley. <laughs> Charlie, what was that? Did we lose Charlie? Is he gone? What did he do? He doesn't even know. See, I think we no, lost. No, I'm here. I'm, okay. here. I'm here. What was that, no, Charlie? I couldn't hear what that was. Oh, it's Randy Newman's. We don't want no short people around here. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. Oh, this is tremendous. I'm, I'm going to work on it. Okay. I, yeah, you need to definitely it. work on it. Yes. We can barely hear it. It was blasted. Oh, I'm sorry. No I short had, people probably around. had it too close to the uh, Yeah, probably. I had it too close to the speaker. Oh, so that's anyway. funny. Thank you, Charlie. But since, All right, guys. Take since you easy. identified the name of the song, it makes more sense. <laughs> we don't want no short people around here. That, now, uh, Lance, poor Lance. I mean, you know, it is what it is. I mean, the guy, you know, we got some sandbags. It's funny. I don't know. I mean, it is. I like it. It's not. I mean. Anyway. Now, Dave makes a good point here. Uh, this is the best argument that he's heard from Thursday. I heard, heard about Thursday Night Football, and I happen to agree with him. Um, no one had an issue with the Cowboys and Lions playing on Thanksgiving. You never heard anybody complain about it, or those two teams complain about it, by the way. So every year, four and then six teams will play one Thursday game a year at the end of the year. No one will complain about that, right? No one will complain. So why is that okay, but it's not okay for all 32 teams to play one Thursday game each year? And in fact, if I recall, the constant complaint <laughs> always used to be the Lions and Cowboys were getting a quote-unquote extra, extra bye week yeah. by playing that Thursday game, and it was such an advantage for them to get the extra game. Now nobody wants it. Now all of a sudden, it's the worst thing ever. I think it's a. I think that's a little funny. I think here's Two the thing. Monday night games. I think what people are saying now is more accurate. About I think the, up here. I think it is hard to get ready for the Thursday games with players oh, recovering no from injuries. I think it's really difficult. It but is. I just think it shows you the, the type of nonsense the teams are spewing when they're complaining about the Lions and Cowboys playing on Thursday. That was all nonsense. Yeah, it was all BS. And, yeah. they just were, they're making, <laughs> and now when it came like, well, hey, you get the opportunity to do it now. Oh, really? Oh, good. Uh, no, really? Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it is. But I, I will tell you that, the, like I said, the only good thing about it is, is that you get the 10 days off right. afterwards, and that can help a team with injuries. If they got some guys coming back, but do I, do I, do I know one beef I have with the Giants' schedule this year? That is how the how tough it is. What's the one good thing about Monday Night Football? You um, get the extra day leading into it, right? Okay, one day of extra preparation. Yeah, it's great. Yep. Well, you know when the Giants play their Monday Night Football game this year? Oh boy! After the damn bye week. Oh yeah, so when you don't really? need the extra day. That's when you're given the Monday Night game after the stupid bye week, and you got to go to San Francisco to play a night game. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, you would it certainly give don't me the, need extra the extra day, day. another week, yeah. please. In fact, that's the last the, week the I need an extra week. week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, you wouldn't want it on that day because that—that's not a fun trip. That's and, annoying, and that thing's—it's already coming around again. You got that, and then you—and then you got to get home at like six o'clock in the morning, literally six o'clock in the morning on Tuesday morning, and then you have the short week after you play in San Francisco. Seriously, no. that's what you're doing. That's not fun. And, and look, I, I'm being selfish. I know people don't care I, about my travails or my travel, but that that stinks. Well, that's what I was talking about. Like, there has to be some, you know, there's got to be some concessions in there with those Thursday games or even Monday games for about travel time and where you're coming from. Yeah. Well, I mean, you heard about the whole Yankees thing with Sunday Night Football this year, right? With uh, Sunday Night Baseball? So the Yankees had a rainout against the Nationals earlier in the year, okay, right? They had a lot of rainouts. Or was it the Orioles? I think it was the Orioles, okay? And the game got rescheduled on a Monday. For, I think, 1 o'clock. Well, about a week after that happened, 
ESPN optioned the giant the Yankees Blue Jays game to Sunday night baseball. So they were going to ask the Yankees to, to move play it Sunday night, not get out of Toronto, because you got to go through customs when you're in Canada too, sure. so it takes longer. Yeah. So you're probably not going to get out of there until 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. You're not going to get to Baltimore till 3 or 4, bed until 5 or 6. Then they wanted them to play a game at 1 o'clock that day. So the Yankees basically said, if you don't change this game, we are going to boycott ESPN the rest of the year and not do any interviews with them. And very quickly, the game got moved back to 1 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> Power. <laughs> That's a good good choice. Isn't it? All right, yeah. final call of the show. Let's go to Duke and Queens. Duke, you're up wow. next. How are you? Hey, Dr. What's up, Duke? Hey, I got like a sort of uh, NBA-inspired question. Um, you know, LeBron, we don't know where he's going yet. So he's supposedly going to Lakers with Kawhi and PG, and that's what the rumor is now. And I want to ask you guys um, to make like a, like a big four – like a, to mimic like the NBA's teams, but to, to to specifically mimic the Warriors team and this supposed Lakers team. So a big four in the um, in in the I guess AFC, and then like a big three in in the uh, in the NFC. And the requirement is to have one quarterback to be one of the three or, or one of the four. And then after you do, I know it's kind of complicated. If you guys have any questions about it, just ask me. Um, okay, so are there, that, are there any rules? Duke, okay. Are there any rules as to what players we can take, or we can take any player off of any team in both conferences? Any player off of any team. Okay. However, so, the rules are one of the players has to be uh, a quarterback, and to maybe make it easier, the rest has to be a wide receiver. Okay, so you need one quarterback, one wide receiver, and then team. and then the other two or one player can be anybody. Okay, so we're going to start the AFC. Yeah. Uh, if I can make my own custom big four in the AFC. Um, Where you have to take Tom Brady. I, yeah, you, you have to take Tom Brady. I think I pick – I'm going to pick – I was going to say – I'm going to take Jalen Ramsey as a cornerback. All right, we're going to the receiver. I'm going to take – Antonio Brown is my wide receiver. There you go. And now do I take – no, I'm going to take a pass rusher. I'm going to take Khalil Mack as my defensive end pass rusher. In the AFC. How about that? That's my big four in the AFC. My big three in the NFC, and you only three in the NFC, right, Duke? Yeah. Big three in the NFC. Give me – one has to be a quarterback. I think you have to take Aaron Rodgers. Yep. Or Matt, yeah. Matt. You got to take Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Um, I don't think – again, I think running backs are more fungible, so I'm not going to go there. One has to be a wide receiver, NFC. <laughs> do you go Julio Jones or do you go Odell? Well, I think because Odell is coming – Julio terrible in the red zone, though, man. No, I know. He, does, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't score a lot of touchdowns. I know. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, Odell's coming off an injury, though. Yeah. Uh, I'll go. All right. I'll go. I'll go. Rogers. Since Rogers likes to throw the back shoulder catch, and I think Julio Jones is better at that play than Beckham is, I'm gonna go Julio. And then okay. for my third guy, I will go. I mean, I could just go and be a monster offensive team and pick like Ezekiel Elliott or something like that. Right. Oh, you know what? I want to protect my quarterback. You know what I'm picking? Picking Tyron Smith. 
offensive tackle <laughs> to, wow. to protect Aaron Rodgers. Well, How I mean, about that? Okay. All right. Good it's a good, it's That's a good question. I think you would get all kinds of different answers from different people. That is a real, you know what? I think, yeah, you know exactly. what, Duke? You just motivated me. When we have a show, we don't have a lot going on. I'm going to make that a topic. And I think that, I think, good call, Duke. I appreciate it. By the way, LeBron, <laughs> I think LeBron will go to... I was, I thought maybe the Spurs, but now that Kawhi wants out of there, I don't think that's going to happen. Same, yeah. I um, so. I mean, look, the Lakers is the default pick. I think that's boring. I don't want to go there. So, um, I think you know, I think that's actually a really good fit. He'll never go there. I think the Timberwolves is actually a great fit for him. Put him there with like Wiggins and then Carl Anthony Towns. That won't happen, but I think that's a good fit. Um, that would be a good fit, yeah. Let, 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 let's put him with – and, Milwaukee, and by the way, Milwaukee would also be a good fit for him. I don't like – I know what you're you going to say. <sighs> you're going to say Philly. Nah, you know, because I don't think him and Ben Simmons work together. I think they both need the ball exactly. in their hands. You know what? I, I, you know what? Yeah. I, I'll go chalk. I'll go Lakers. Sorry. Okay. It's boring. <laughs> Thank you, Duke. <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right. We have a very special edition this week. Of, <laughs> Why is this so special? You'll see. It's time for everyone's <laughs> favorite game. Let's see if we get like my this. players up play here. Jeff it's a special a edition. 22 NFL here on Big wow. Blue. Hundreds of players. Official start of the summer, by the way. Let's see Let who Jeff remembers. No. It's the longest day of the year. A mockery of my memory. Here's your host. That was just so... John Schmelk. All right. Here we go. On the year, Fegels is 13 and 12. Doing good. Barely hovering. It's good. Over. 500. I mean, listen. Are you ready to go? Basically, the way the show works, it's 50-50 if I remember or not. <laughs> True. All right. Are you ready? I am ready, John. All right. Did you play with Wendell Carter? Did you play with Wendell Carter? No. I don't remember Wendell Carter. <clears throat> I do not remember Wendell Carter. I'm sorry. You win. That is I correct. Win. There we you go. did not play. Yeah. Would have remembered that with name. Wendell, Wendell Carter. Wendell, not a lot of Wendells in football, right? Okay. No, there are not. I agree. Okay. Did you play with Jerome Robinson? Oh God! Did you play a, with a Jerome, Jerome and a Robinson? Seriously, Robinson. I don't even think it's a real name, Jerome Robinson. That's a, what do you mean? It's a very common name, <sighs> Jerome Robinson. You know what? I probably it's yeah. I I did. I just don't know where. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I wrong. It's like <laughs> it's like the shot treatment. I got wrong. hooked up to my back. Wrong. Not, you, you did not play with Jerome Robinson. <laughs> did you make that name up? I'll tell you. There, 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 there's a common theme to these. All right. Number three. This is the last one. Did you play with Troy Brown? Remember, not necessarily the Patriots Troy Brown. There could be more than one. Did you play with Troy Brown? No. I didn't play Troy Brown either. You win! Kill it again! Kill it again! Now, the theme is that these are all prospects that will be picked in the first round of the NBA draft tonight. <laughs> so, that just goes to show you how I know nothing about basketball. Well, I've been trying to pick anybody like huh? in the top ten. To I mean, it easy seriously. Joe Robinson is a good guard from Boston so College. When somebody Troy called, Brown's from Oregon, and <laughs> Wendell Carter's from Duke. Wendell Carter, I thought you might knew. I was worried about that one, but no, I'm I'm not. Can a you name one player that's going to get drafted tonight? No, not one. Do you know DeAndre Ayton? Does he sound familiar to you at all? Nope. How about Luka Doncic? 
Marvin Bagley? No. Trey Young. Anybody from Miami? You ever heard of Trey Young? Trey Young? No, I didn't play with him either. <laughs> <laughs> How about there no, are actually there are there are two Miami guards that are okay. going to get picked tonight. Lonnie Walker should be a top fifteen selection. Okay, a shooting guard, really tall hair, like some of the tallest hair you've ever seen. It's really impressive. Like Bart Simpson tall hair, kind of like that kind of, you know. I mean, I'll yeah, we got to put we got a picture up for you. I can't show this on video, obviously, so you guys uh, at home can't see it. But Lonnie Walker is really, really tall hair. So he's – oh, there you go. That is some oh, tall hair. Yeah. Okay. I do recognize that guy. And now. then uh, Bruce uh, Bruce Bowen. Bruce Bowen. Don't know is him another, uh Is All another right. Miami guard. No, well, I'm sorry. Not, I'm sorry. It's not Bruce Bowen. Um, that's the old spur. Um, Bruce Lee? <laughs> hold on. Uh, Shuts and Bowen. Bruce Brown? Bruce Brown, is it? I'm sorry. Brown, Bowen. Hold on. I think it might be Bruce Brown. So, That's my fault. And, um, and, 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 and he's going to be a second-round pick. Yeah, Bruce Brown. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, and he, he was supposed to be the best player in Miami last year, but he got hurt. And he only played the second half of the year. So he's a guy that could actually be a second-round steal that I wouldn't mind the Knicks taking a look at in round two. The Knicks have number 20-something? Number nine. No, they stink. Nine. They pick high all the time. No, they the mess Nets, up the picks, but they the pick Nets high. the Nets have something. Nets right? are did 29. They, did That's they trade correct. that pick? The They're Nets? not very good either. The net, well, the Nets are. This is the last year the Nets are sending their draft pick to the Celtics for that awful Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce trade from Way like back six. Then? Yeah, they're still giving up picks. Oh my god! Yeah, there's a reason they've been bad for a while, Jeff. Wow. There's a reason they've been bad for a while. Oh, I'm. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know much about basketball other than the fact that it's the rim is ten feet high, and most of the players seem to be that tall too. You must so. have played some basketball when you were a kid. I though. did, but I'm not a bas. I don't follow basketball. Okay, that that's fine. That's okay. I think it kind of bores me, but. You know. you love the golf though, yeah. No, I, you locked into that U.S. Open with everybody shooting like three yeah, over par. Yeah, I could probably do the golf thing. Do, do do is this a real golfer or not to you? And you wouldn't know. I, I know enough golfers. You know enough golfers. Yeah, sure. G All right, I'll bring I'll bring one next time. Next time. All right. All right. For the Jeff Eagles, I'm Jackie. Judge, you got some. Okay. Well, what do you got? You got no. one for me? No. No. No, Any there's, final a lot, thoughts? there's a lot of golfers out there you don't know of, and I don't know of. I think they, that's probably true. Because every year there's like 25 or 30 new ones. Do you want to talk some like Tommy Fleetwood? Tommy Fleetwood with the with the mullet, I love it. Talk some Jim Furyk. And yeah, Jim Furyk, he had a good good. He had a good. By the way, we didn't. I know we have to go, but that was an incredible, incredible uh, golf weekend. I'm surprised you didn't go. It's just too hard to get out there. Okay. Um, but I, I, I have played the course, and I love watching it on TV because you kind of understand the, the difficulty. They of made it hole. impossible, though, they right? They did. It was tough. Some of the greens, the positions of the pins is what makes it very – and it's not it's not fair to those guys when they, they miss a putt by, you know, a foot, and it goes off the green, and Phil Mickelson goes up and, and tries to have hit. Have you ever you seen saw, anything like that no, before? No, I've never seen anything like that, but he knows the rules, obviously. It's pretty cool. But Yeah. I'm not a big fan of trying to – I want to see the, the players – play well and on a hard golf course, but I don't believe in penalizing them so bad to make them look bad. Do you think it was a fair course? Well, it's it. no, it wasn't fair. And that's what you want. Yeah. You want a typical but a fair course, and I, I right. agree. I think especially when you got to the afternoons and the, basically the greens were like glass, yeah. it, it kind of made it difficult. And uh, Zach Johnson, he said that you know they lost the golf course, and any time a tournament loses the golf course, it's, it's difficult. But it's fun to watch. 
Good stuff, Jeff. Thank you, Johnny. Enjoy Have a good your weekend, weekend everybody. Remember, again, Nora no, not here tomorrow. Big Blue kickoff tomorrow. We're back next Monday through Thursday. And then no shows the week of the 4th of July. So you got four more days to get in your Big Blue kickoff live fix before we're off for a long while. And we'll do previews uh, of the three NFC East teams and the Jacksonville Jaguars and next week. before you know it. And a deep dive into some football analytics. Make sure you tune in. For Jeff Eagles, I'm John Schmelk. Later. Have a great weekend. See you then.